This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From DC Radio, this is Wit and Reason. I'm Dr. Alexis. We're going deep on the show today, so I recommend saving this show for later if you're currently operating heavy machinery. But this is a crucial one, a topic that every single one of us relate to on an intense and profound level. We're diving into loss. Why do we grieve? How do we get through it? This is not an easy topic for me, but as I sit here in D.C. and I watch my fellow Angelinos mourn over the sudden death of Kobe Bryant, I know we all need this talk. So let's do it. There's a radical acceptance that comes with being human. Everything is temporary. That is a reality we all face. I haven't had to face this reality in my personal life until recently. My nanita's passing was on MLK Day just a few weeks before her birthday on Valentine's. So those two holidays will forever be altered along with every holiday we celebrated with her and random items, scents, or experiences that will trigger memories of her. And that's the thing about grieving. It never ends. The intensity of the pain and sadness typically diminishes as time passes. But grieving, coping with the death of a loved one, is a lifelong process. A process in which we continue to embrace the time we had with our loved one and we learn how to restructure our life without them. As I mentioned in the intro, I struggle with this topic. So as a psychologist, I had to face this concept of mortality in order to help others who were grieving. Here is an article about grief that I just absolutely love. 
I'm going to post it on our website on witandreason.com. It's by Jamie Cannon, um, who is a licensed professional counselor. And for this quote, she titled it, Grief Does Not Equal Loss. When grief strikes, it does not just lead to a loss. It leads into a valley where life is forever altered and beginnings have to be carved out afresh. Grief robs us of the innocent warmth that comes with knowing where we are headed. It leaves us exposed, vulnerable, and desolate. Grief has a way of creating a vacuum of air around us that steals our ability to take a deep breath. In trying to heal from grief, we recognize that there is no way to replace core elements of your life that are no longer with you. You cannot find new hobbies, travel like you always wanted to, or reconnect with old friends in hopes of dimming the blinding pain of grief. When someone is formed as part of you, there will internally be a space in your life that fits only them. Our lives are comprised of countless distinctive shapes that orbit our everyday atmosphere. When grief extinguishes one of them, we will never be the same. If the sun was decimated tomorrow, Earth would have to rebuild it in order to exist. We are the same. Grief forces us to reshape our reality. And I like the way that Jamie puts this. We kept our show title Loss and Healing because that's the way a lot of us relate to death and the death of a loved one, a family, friend, partner, um, and under these times, I mean, like even celebrities so where we've been following their lives as long as we've been alive in, in many cases. Um, and, and it's it's interesting that Jamie mentions that grief does not equal loss. And if you have any other thoughts about how you've processed grief or how you've labeled grief for yourself, please feel free to let us know what you've done to work through your grief. Um, we're on Instagram or Twitter at Wit and Reason. Now, due to the sensitive nature of this topic, I've decided not to pull out my recorder to get audio clips from people who were grieving. Um, but here are some common questions that I do get about grieving. One of the first ones is, how long will I feel like this? And the answer to that, um, as we've kind of went through already, is that grief is complex. There's no formula and no set healing date. Some experts have identified stages of grief, which a lot of you guys probably know. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, all of these stages are now being described as experiences that can occur simultaneously 
out of order or even like repeat themselves. So it's not a concept that's expected to be linear and straightforward. It's not a step-by-step process. So there's at least that acknowledgement that grief is messy, even when we try to identify these different stages of grief that we see people experience. Um, But there are others who reject this concept completely, and they emphasize that grief is highly individualized emotion and process for people. So to answer the question of how long will you feel like this, the sadness missing a person um, and maybe even the pain could be lifelong. Um, But as we continue on with the show, we'll talk a little bit more about how that intensity will change with time and with practice. So another question that I get is, why? Why is this happening to me? Why does this happen to us? Um, And death is a a natural part of our our human life. Um, Now, the emotional process following that is just like any other emotion. Every emotion we feel has a purpose. It's telling us something. So grief also has its value. It reminds us what we care about. And so when I'm talking with a friend or family member who's experiencing grief, there's a lot of listening that happens. But when I do say something, um, it is a reminder that this is so painful because it is important. And that in it of itself is a blessing to have had someone in your life that was so important to you that it hurts this much now that they're gone. So there are cultures that embrace death, dying, grief, and loss as what it is, a natural part of life. So in certain cultures, there is no need to suppress or deny the reality that we all face. Um, In this case, people practice grieving with customs, which eases suffering to some degree. And we'll talk about some of those customs uh, toward the end of the show when we talk a little bit more practically about how to get through grief. Another question that I get is, how do I make this go away? And as I've been mentioning, you don't get through grief, you go through it. So you allow yourself to experience grief. You mourn all of the lasts you didn't know were coming. And you allow yourself to feel the intense pain of all of the firsts, the first time without them the first holiday without them, the first family event without them, the first night without them. You look at each of those moments and you appreciate them. You acknowledge them in order to move through the grieving process. And so one thing that we could do as we as a society try to work through and process grief in a healthier way than maybe we were raised 
um, is to look at grief in this new way, um, making every effort to overcome and end grief will likely be impossible. That's one thing that we know about from all of our research is that the more we try to repress and deny emotions, the more strain it's going to put on our mind and body. So allow yourself to accept the presence of grief in your life. And Jamie Cannon has another quote, awesome quote, um, related to this. Jamie says, There will never be a day when we wake up and forget the missing elements of our lives. Eventually, the pain that accompanies this remembering will dull and will be less acute when it hits. And that's a really great way to describe the grieving process. Um, I hate the answer that um, things get better as time passes because that's not necessarily the case. I've definitely worked with people where plenty of time has passed, but the way they've been processing or addressing the issue has not changed. And so it's just as intense and horrific as it was since day one. So it's not just time passing passively that does it, but it's also about what you do with that time, what you do with the grieving process that's going to make the big difference. Um, So rather than assessing grief in binary terms, meaning whether grief is present or not present, you're going to want to reflect on your experience in terms of intensity. So are you feeling the pain and sadness as intensely as you were the moment you found out that your loved one has passed away. It's most likely going to start diminishing and dulling as you move through your grief um, and consequently as also time passes. So pay attention to that. And if you're noticing that it's been months years worth it, intense, or, or that feeling of pain and, and sadness is just as intense as day one, um, then you're going to want to reach out to a mental health professional to help you work through this grieving process. So some of the things that you want to look out for is if, if you or a loved one is um, really preoccupied with um with the loss of their loved one, the intense sorrow and emotional pain in response to it, that preoccupation with the person who has passed, their preoccupation with the circumstances of how the person passed, um, especially if it impacts um, other aspects of your life, like your ability to function, um, especially if it's been like half a year to a year where it's just so intense that you can't take care of your children or you can't go to work um, or engage in those other aspects of your life, that's where you're going to want to try to seek out some more professional help to help you get through that because it's just so intense. Um, Also, of course, just like in any other circumstances, um, if there is feelings of um, wanting to end your own life or others' Um, or someone else's life, those are going to be intense situations where you want to 
seek help from a mental health professional to help you process this more. Um, but we do want to make sure that we are not pathologizing bereavement or the grieving process. Although some of the symptoms might um, seem very similar to that of depression, it, it's grieving is a very natural process and it's not something that is abnormal. Um, so grieve, feel the pain, allow yourself to feel sad to think of the person, to miss them, all of that is totally natural. So shifting is another way that we can address this grieving process. So in many cases, finding other outlets to pour our devotion and energy makes a significant difference. So another great quote from Jamie is, Perhaps one of the most unfair aspects of grief is that we are forced to change the direction of our love. And as we talked about, it may be a loss to you or maybe even greater than a loss to you, but when you, when there is a death of a loved one, there is that absence there. And in many ways, you're forced to put that love and energy and time that you spent with that person in other outlets. And um, in many cases, people find um, putting that energy into something that their loved one cared about. So if there was a cause um, that the person cared about, uh, then they will start engaging in like volunteer opportunities um, associated with that. And it helps people feel a lot more connected to the person who has passed um, and helps them feel like they can continue that person's legacy after they have passed. So that's definitely something you might want to explore and um, and start practicing, shifting that energy in another direction. Now, one thing that um, I practice um, with, along with my family and my um, Mexican heritage, is Dia de los Muertos. So this is not the uh, clinician psychologist side of me, but the uh, personal Latina side of me. I don't know if there is any research on the um, evidence-based research on the effectiveness of practicing Dia de los Muertos in the process of grieving, but I do know from personal experience that um, our family didn't practice this growing up. Dia de los Muertos isn't practiced across um, all communities in Mexico, but only particular ones, and it's grown since then over the years. And so we started adopting it um, later in, in our adult years. And I got to say, it's been incredibly helpful and refreshing for me as I um, mourn and grieve the loss of, of my loved ones. And the practice of Dia de los Muertos is um, celebrating the life uh, that, that, um, that was that had existed. And so um, we'll have an altar that will have a picture of um, our loved one. And we'll have items of things that um, our loved one cherished or used or valued. Um, and what's fun about it is that you get to, if you didn't already know, you get to take a deeper dive into this person's life. Like what were their favorite things to do or their hobbies or their skills? Was it photography? You might have their camera there next to their picture. Um, was it gardening? You might have um, either the gardening tools that they used or, um, or their favorite plant. 
And then you go into their favorites as well. Like what was their favorite thing to drink? Um, what was their favorite thing to eat? And you wouldn't necessarily leave the food and drink out all the time, but um, during Dia de los Muertos, um, you will actually serve yourself and share in that experience that your loved ones cherished. And um, there's a sense of kind of being back there with them again and, and sharing that. So my nanita's favorite drink was um, chocolate mochas. <laughs> Even though she wasn't supposed to be having sweets, she's, she still loved her super sweet chocolate mochas. So um, I'd have that, you know. Uh, so it, it's a fun practice. Um, we'll have a, there's so much more details that go into the traditions and practice of uh, Dia de los Muertos and just um, having an altar up either during that celebration or in your home permanently. So we'll have that up on Wit and Reason as well. So you can learn a little bit more about that cultural practice. Um, but it is definitely something that's been helpful. And even for friends who are grieving, who weren't practicing um, Dia de los Muertos previously, have, have tried it um, as they grieve the process of, of losing their loved ones. And we got to learn more about um, our friends' Um, families and and friends and got to celebrate them. So even if we didn't get to know them, we get to learn about them even after they have they have passed. So on that note, let's talk about how to support others. Um, let's go ahead and say refrain from using canned phrases of support when when grief happens. So there's the classic, I'm sorry for your loss. Now, Jamie really gets into this in her article, which you'll be able to read on wittandreason.com. So Jamie says it so perfectly. The statement of, I'm so sorry for your loss, is one of a thousand statements that help create distance and buffer our own fear of the same grief happening to us. It is a way to subconsciously separate what is most important to us from the devastation that others are experiencing. In reality, any loss is a collective loss because it reminds us all deeply of the fragility surrounding us on this earth. And I've always had like an issue with this statement of I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Like it just... I, I don't like any of those statements. I just kind of casually thrown around by everybody. Um, and I, I couldn't really figure out why. And Jamie just wor like just puts it so perfectly. It is a separation. I'm sorry for your loss. You're going through this. You're alone in this. And I'm distant from this. This is your thing. And that is never the case when it comes to loss. And Jamie's super on point. It reminds us all that that's something we're gonna go through if we haven't already, that um, processing the loss of somebody else. So instead of saying, I'm sorry for your loss over there while you struggle by yourself, use this as an opportunity to increase your emotional awareness and acknowledge how you are also a part of this with them. So you, want to just think about for yourself, what is it like for you to hear this news that this person has passed? And that's going to vary depending on how close you were with the person, obviously. But there is some way that you will be able to align with this person 
And you could do this by using phrases such as, nothing will ever be the same. That's a very fair statement. Or, my heart hurts for you. Or, I'm feeling, because there's still a connection there. They're talking about what they're going through, but you're connected to them by saying, I'm also in pain with you. So making statements like that will help lessen the distance and offer more genuine support. Um, And a couple other (laughs) statements that that always kind of like annoy me um, are, let me know how I could help. And when I I have friends who are grieving right now as well, and and I want to say it too because I want to help and I don't know how. And so, you know, it even is on the tip of my tongue saying, let me know how I could help. But at the same time, having been a person going through a crisis or, or through a grieving process, I know that that statement is never helpful because when a person is in crisis or when they're grieving, they can't delegate work. <laughs> you know that They may not have the capacity to be like, oh, I need to eat right now. Would you mind making me a lasagna and bringing it over? No, don't put that extra kind of pressure on them. Um, or that extra responsibility on them to communicate to you how they could help to delegate that to you. Instead, just show up for them. You could try to find out what's going on in their lives and see like where you could pick up some slack if you want to make a more educated guess. Um, talk with other friends and community members about like, okay, what needs are being met? Okay, their neighbors are feeding them, their family's feeding them. Okay, awesome. Who's walking the dog? Who's um, taking care of their um, landscape? You know, while this is going on, chore, like daily things get tossed to the side when people are in crisis or when they're grieving. Um, who's Who's there for them while they're awake in the middle of the night? because the nights are the hardest and lonely, loneliest for them and the house is empty now. You could be that person. All you have to do is show up. So instead of putting the pressure on them and then just kind of wiping your hands off of the situation saying, let me know how I could help. And if the person doesn't let you know how you could help, then hey, you've done your job. Instead of doing that, just show up for them. Do a little research if you need to to find out where you can help, but at the very least, check in. And feel free to check in with however way they best communicate. Um, if it's phone calls, awesome. If they are not taking your calls and texts work better for them, great. Hey, if they're on social media and you want to DM them, that's fine too. Just be there. And when you're there, we're not making statements like everything's going to be okay. They're in a better place. Everything happens for a reason. We're not trying to control or analyze or soften this experience whatsoever. That's not your role. And they've heard it from a bunch of other people anyway. Your role is simply to listen. How is everything? What was your day like today? And hear what they have to say. More open-ended questions, more listening, and Distracting doesn't hurt either, so if you want to just also let them know about what your day was like, too, you can continue having that normal conversation like you guys used to or that you've always wanted to, but just show up and be there for them. So I'm going to go ahead and close this um, 
the show with uh, another awesome quote from Jamie Cannon's like my new um, my new favorite person that I just found out about. Uh, and this quote is called "Grief as a Measure of Love." Grief should be measured in love. It can be identified in the light that warms you from the inside. It can be gauged by depths of uninhibited laughter and trust once felt. It can be assessed from the downy softness of familiarity and comfort. Grief should be accounted for by the volume of devotion that once stood in its place. Instead of trying to bury it, we should celebrate what it represents. Grief in its most excruciating form is love that no longer has a place to belong. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I know it was a heavier one than we usually do, but it is crucial that we just go ahead, open up the airwaves and talk about it because it is a reality that we all face. So definitely make sure to visit witandreason.com. That's W-I-T-A-N-D, reason.com. To get links to the resources I shared on the show today, we also have free health webinars, fun videos. I promise it's not all super heavy. There's fun stuff uh, in mental health as well. Um, and all of our mostly free like upcoming events. So did you hear something on the show today that you relate to any personal level? Please share your story with us. Send us a recording on witandreason.com slash speak up. And we may be able to post it on our loss and healing show page to help others navigate this grieving process. A special thank you to our awesome radio producer, Shane Lewis, our sound engineer, Jessica Sturgis, and general manager, Max Myrick, and of course, the whole DC radio team. And of course, thank you so much for listening. We're doing this for you. Subscribe, review, and leave your comments about our show wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Wit and Reason. You can also find me at Dr. Alexis Moreno for some behind the scenes shots. And you could also learn about our next show coming up on uh, DC Radio. I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno. Let's keep the conversation going.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.